it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never pushed a replacement theory. But you know who has? Every single Democrat accusing conservatives of doing exactly that. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. We will discuss some disgusting demagoguery out of a party that has proven once and for all that nothing, nothing is beneath them if they think it will help them in the polls. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. 888 9910 if you want to help my approval ratings today. 888-788-9910. You know the rules on this show. Very straightforward. You could be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a We begin with some very quick programming notes. I am scheduled. I am scheduled to be on the Tucker Carlson show tonight. I will be on Tucker Carlson tonight. Tonight. There you go. Crowd goes wild. Just pumped up. Foam fingers in the air. It's going to be a wild one. So me and Tucker getting the band back together to sing the hits. Uh, That's going to be great. Last night's Gutfeld show, my stand-up comedy appearance, got bumped for Pennsylvania election coverage. But dig this. They are going to re-air the show tonight at 11. And I'm cheering right along every one of those kids because my outfit last night, The I mean, obviously I love doing stand-up. It's the thing I know how to do. It's how I paid my bills. It's what got me in the door here at Fox is that a booker saw me on stage at a comedy club and was like, well, this guy's a comedian. He can probably get me cocaine. Uh, so maybe I should start booking him here at Fox. Uh, but that's not true. But I started doing Fox after they saw me in a comedy club. Uh, and, uh, you know, now it's kind of taken on a life of its own and it's going great. So I'm always excited to share uh, you know, any of the stand-up progress I'm making in my career, because that's where I started. But the reason there's a market for it is because of people like you who have tuned into the show and tuned into the channel when I'm on and created a little bit more of a demand for me. You understand? Like, a, a year ago, I mean, I was, yes, hosting this show, but I really was like a utility player. Like, I was in charge of making paninis on the 42nd floor. I had to trim Geraldo's mustache twice a day at 2 and at 5, and I still do it. It looks great. But the point is I've also taken on some other responsibilities in addition to the mustache trimming, and you're a big part of that. So thank you. Uh, The Gutfeld Show bumped for one night, but will not be bumped permanently, and that's a win for the American people. Now the Democrats, wow, let's do it. Let's have a big boy, big girl, big they, big them chat about these videos that are on the Internet right now that I'm about to play you. And I want you to understand why I'm playing them. I want you to understand where we are, okay? Joe Biden was up in Buffalo yesterday at the site of a horrific shooting, and Biden gave a lengthy speech. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. We have video. We'll prove it. We'll dive into this in this hour. But essentially, from the moment this, from the moment 
this heinous shooting occurred. From the moment this lunatic shot up a Topps market, a guy who in a perfect world is in front of a firing squad of his own immediately. Addition by subtraction. We want this guy dead. No one condones what he did. No one is defending what he did. Okay? It's disgusting. There's no place in our society for violence of any kind, let alone racial violence from this lunatic. Or if you want to talk about the lunatic out in Waukesha, Wisconsin. The black man who, you know, railed on about how things weren't going to change in society until we started killing white people. And then he ran over 42 white people at a parade. And then we were told by the media, we don't even know what the motivation is here. The media is a bunch of losers. Okay, they only, they only cover crime. They only cover what they consider to be hate crime if there's a white black element because they can use that for ratings. I admire your honesty. Black on black crime, black on white crime. Hell no. We're out of here. They ain't watching. They're not they're not reporting it. Okay, I'm condemning this no matter who commits it, no matter what their ideology is. But the reason we are where we are is in the immediate seconds after that shooting ensued, the immediate seconds, every Democrat, the Chuck Schumers, we'll get to that loser, Joe Biden, ran to the closest microphone and were like, oh, it was Republicans' fault. That's just how white folks will do you. And the claim is what? That Republicans, Republicans are out there espousing a replacement theory, a conspiratorial replacement theory that Democrats are trying to change the demographics in this country by allowing more minorities to enter the country, which they hope will allow them to outvote white America that tends to lean towards the Republican Party. That's what the replacement theory supposedly is, that if the Democrats bring in enough, uh, you know, minorities that will ultimately vote for them, then they'll no longer have to contend with the fact that most working class Republicans have left the Democratic Party. Why? Because the Democratic Party has left them. Bingo. Okay, think of your attitude towards the working class right now. Oh, you can't afford gas? What you need to do is buy a $57,000 electric car. Is that a solution for a working class guy who can't afford gas? The answer would be no. Of course not. He can't afford the gas. How's he going to afford the car? That's like saying, oh, you can't get a date? You should just, you know, you should bang Christy Brinkley. Wait, what do you mean? I can't get a date. How am I going to land Christy Brinkley? But this is what they're doing. They're not offering real solutions to real problems. Same thing with inflation. What did Katie Porter from California say the other day? Ah, you know, inflation just proves the need for more abortion. You know, these kids are so expensive, so much cheaper. Who wants to work a double shift when you can just start whacking them like it's the Sopranos? It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. But understand, okay, the Democrat replacement theory, okay, in their worldview is that they'll import enough minority voters that the whites who vote Republican will be outnumbered at the polls. And now I want to start here because the claim is that, well, this guy who shot up the Buffalo supermarket has clearly heard the replacement theory. We don't know that he's ever watched Fox News once in his life, doesn't mention it in his manifesto. We have no way to quantify what his actions were. Okay, and the truth is, even if he wrote at length that he watched Fox or anything else, okay, understand, we had a Rachel Maddow superfan shoot up a Republican congressional softball game, a guy who worked for Bernie Sanders' campaign. After spending four years of listening to Maddow and Bernie call Trump literally Hitler and saying they were a bunch of white supremacists working for uh, the Kremlin, this guy went out and shot up a ball field 
But we didn't try to hold Rachel Maddow accountable. We didn't try to hold Bernie Sanders accountable because they didn't shoot up the ball field. A lunatic did. I think he's got a point. And we do believe that people's actions are their own, no differently than Buffalo. Okay, the Democrats want you to believe conservatives are responsible or Fox is responsible. Anyone but the government, uh, uh, but the gunman anyway. Because the Democrats, they don't want self-reliance in our society. They want you to believe you're a product of your environment. So, you know, you, my friend, you need to rely on big government. And they'll shepherd you through all your problems. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And you know that I know that Ronald Reagan knows that. But again, the Democrats want you to believe, this is where we are as we start the show today, that anyone, anyone who espouses this conspiracy theory of replacement theory is responsible for murder. Well, if that's the case, maybe we arrest these people. Listen to this montage of Democrats, clip four. It seems harder and harder to ignore that the echoes of replacement theory and other racially motivated views are increasingly coming out into the open. In a few years, we're going to be a majority brown country. White people will not be the majority in the country anymore. This will be the first generation ever in American history uh, in which whites will be a minority of the generation at some point. As of 2007, every year, babies being born in this country, whites now are the minority. In 2044? Uh, everyone is going to be a minority. As the demographics change, as white people become the minority in the country, which is coming. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny, right? The country is changing. I've been saying it here. Other people have been saying it here for years now, even before Donald Trump. The demographics is destiny. Oh, wow. Demographics is destiny. We're going to overwhelm white voters at the polls by importing, by birthing more minority babies. This is the this is what they're doing. This is specifically what they're talking about. So this idea that any right wing commentator who's calling them out on that is guilty of spreading conspiracies. Like, yo, we're living in the death of shame. People no longer feel shame. Let me give you the rest of this montage. Again, just understand why I'm playing this. The accusation right now is that the Buffalo shooter, that lunatic, went and shot up this market because Republicans, Republicans keep telling the population that the demographics are changing at the polls and that the the Democratic Party is pushing this sort of thing as a way of outnumbering white voters. The Republicans are the ones supposedly pushing this. Well, gosh, I got to tell you, the Democrats seem to be doing a lot of talking about it themselves. Here is clip five. The white population is declining for the first time in history in America, while the number of multiracial Americans have more than doubled. So we live in a country where the demographics are changing. It's becoming less white. Uh, Correct. Okay. You'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics, because of the population growth. The growth in Texas has been almost entirely driven by non-white population growth, mostly by Hispanic and Latino population growth. The idea that, uh, you know, whites will, will not be the majority, I mean, that's... It's an exciting transformation of the country. It's an exciting evolution uh, and, you know, progress of our country in many different ways. The white population is declining. It it was always on the upswing. So that speaks to the beautiful diversity of America. It speaks to um, uh, how that population will, the demographics 
will weigh in politically. I believe anybody who echoes a replacement is to blame, not for this particular crime, but it's, it's for no purpose, no purpose, except profit and or political benefit. And it's wrong. It's just simply wrong. You shut your mouth, you bastard. So that's Biden, the button on top of it. Anybody pushing this theory, it's just wrong. Dude, I just played you three minutes, courtesy of the great Tom Elliott on Twitter. I just played you three minutes of Democrats flat out declaring that this replacement is underway. Oh, the Republicans, uh, you know, the white voters are going to be outnumbered. It's a beautiful thing. That's what was said to you by Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Okay. And then Biden jumps in right after it and goes, anybody saying that sort of thing is evil. Biden sucks. Oh, he really does. But we're living, okay, just so you understand, we're living in the death of shame. They People are willing to get in front of a TV camera, in front of a uh, radio microphone, say anything if they think it'll help their political cause. But they do so with no regard for the toxic effect it has on society. You understand, we just had a killing up in Buffalo. And half the country really does think it's somehow like the right wing's fault for talking about changing demographics. I just played you some of the most respected Democrats out there. It's a low bar. It's like being the smartest Kardashian. But the point is, okay, every prominent face of their party has been pushing this in media, okay, everywhere, okay, uh, on the stump, everywhere. Now the demographics are changing. We're changing the demographics. White people are going to be outnumbered. It's great. Isn't it beautiful? They're doing it everywhere. So this idea that the Republicans calling them out for it are somehow inspiring mass shootings is absurd on its face. But this is the death of shame we're living in. They're not speaking with, you know, regard or concern for the victims and their family. They're not speaking with an eye on how do we stop this from happening again. They're speaking from a standpoint of how do we advance our legislative agenda, in this instance, gun control, something that failed because this guy would not have had his guns had the red law, uh, red flag laws been followed after they were notified about his desire to shoot at a school. Okay, the laws are in place to stop this sort of thing. They just weren't followed. But again, we're not having that discussion. We're talking about more legislation. We're talking about more blame on everybody but the shooter. But you understand, like we really are living in the death of shame where the people who claim to care about keeping you safe are literally endangering you by accusing their opponents of exactly what they're doing. And they've gotten so good at doing this, at playing the race card, they should just own it. We're in such an economic pinch right now. They should just start selling racism accusations as a prescription drug to balance the budget. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person, even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. You need to be anti-racist. Warning, a 
percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So here's a win for the American people, if ever there was one. We were going to have a conversation about addition by subtraction. Nina Jankowitz. Do you remember the lunatic, the head of the White House disinformation board? The one who sang the Mary Poppins song, a sociopath with a musical theater background? Nina Jankowitz has just resigned from the disinformation board, which is actually being broken up by the White House. <laughs> And unlike most of the things she tweeted, that is not disinformation. Yes, if you're just joining us here on Fox Across America, the White House is going to be disbanding its disinformation board after a severe backlash. And I said this on Harris Faulkner the other day. Okay, the reason people didn't like a disinformation board is you need to think of it as instant replay in the NFL. Their job is to watch the play and issue a ruling. Okay, but what the disinformation board was doing was giving one NFL team sole discretion over each and every call. That's not right. Of course it's not right because they're obviously going to call things in their favor. And we know that to be the case historically because everything Nina Jankowicz was tweeting was complete garbage. If you really want to go back to like 2016, you know, she tweeted that Donald Trump's presidency, if Donald Trump becomes the president... That's going to embolden ISIS. Wrong. Yo, Donald Trump literally wiped ISIS. I don't want to say bombed them back to the Stone Age because they were already living in it. You know, bombing them back to the Stone Age sent them, set them back like three days. But the point is, he decimated ISIS. You know, then we were told what? Nina Jankowicz said in the run-up to the election, the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. Wrong. Yeah, it turned out to be true. And she chimed in chapter and verse. I'm sorry, Matt. And she chimed in. I saw you, chapter and verse. On, of course, the Hillary Clinton campaign and Trump being aligned with the Kremlin, famously spread all kinds of vaccine disinformation along the way. And then what did they do? They made her the czar of disinformation, which is like putting Hunter in charge of the DEA. Come on, man. Well, this is a win for the American people and a win for free speech. And the reason they broke it up is you need to know this, man. The idea that they would bring in their own censorship board to limit your speech rights really does speak to an utter lack of faith on their part and their ability to sell their ideas and their ability to win the debate. They'd rather just make the debate go away by calling something disinformation. But unfortunately, they got high in their own supply of disinformation. Nobody bought it. And now the disinformation board is no more. Nina Jankowicz can compete on the next season of America's Got Issues. Get her out. Get her out of here. reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. oh you bet it is 
we're fired up to talk to this next guest. This is a really big deal for me because uh, not only is she a superstar on TV, phenomenal writer, phenomenal everything. She's one of the few people who've seen the toys in this studio and, and still agreed to go on the air. Uh, Inez Stepman is here. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the toys are great. Do you have your reservations or are you on board with most of this? Because it does look like the inside of a van that promised you candy. I mean, when I came through the door, I kind of thought maybe this is where they kept you in the building. You know, this was your padded room and then they brought in. <laughs> it's not a studio. It's a, it's a holding cell. Is that what it is? Yeah, don't mind the toilet they, they, in the corner. They put these in to calm you. <laughs> if you need a drink, we got that little sink over there in the corner. Oh, it's great to see you. Thank you for coming in. We uh, we Thanks only met a week ago. Uh, we were doing Kennedy last uh, Thursday night. I believe I lost to you in a game called <laughs> Lifestyles of the Rich and Shameless. I mean, many people have. It's <laughs> well, well, me and Kennedy, she was on my show Friday, and we were – it was very heated, okay, because I've never won one of these games. And because I used to write for her show, I am of the mind – that they kind of give me the harder questions. But in this instance, we were all getting the same questions. You still beat me. So I want some credit as being a decent sport and having you on because I think a lesser man <laughs> couldn't accept that defeat and might never want you on the show, you know what I mean? But here we are. You're playing with my Millennium Falcon. Yeah. That's yeah, not a know, euphemism. This is, this is the <laughs> <laughs> um, No, I mean, you're definitely being the bigger man here. <laughs> bringing in. Well, to be clear, I'm being the bigger them. Okay, don't, them. we don't see gender on the show. I'm being the bigger zier. I kid. <laughs> I what don't know. Th- these, these toys are pretty gendered. <laughs> Yo, let's talk about this really quick before we get into the issues. That's a toy called He-Man. That's a double negative in woke parlance because he's a he and a man. I don't know. Can he be either of those things? It, it just doesn't have the same ring to be they. <laughs> would it be they, they, they? guy? They, they zier? Hall <laughs> 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 and Oates, them eater because you can't see man eater. <laughs> They're a them eater. That's what's going on. It's a dumb time to be alive. So I brought in an intelligent person to make sense of it. And it's a high honor to have you here. Um, how are you handling the fact that the White House Disinformation Board is disbanding? Are you crestfallen? Well, obviously, it was shut down by disinformation on the Internet. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I am actually have two minds about this because on the one hand, obviously, this sounded like something straight out of Orwell um, and was going to be – an enormous step forward in what seems our inevitable decline into censorship. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, it kind of corralled all the people who are probably doing that anyway quietly. Yeah. And I almost liked having the target, but now yes! they've taken the target out. But reminder, like, you know, there are a lot of bureaucrats engaged in exactly all the things that this board was, uh, you know, implemented to do, and they just don't slap a label like yeah. <laughs> Ministry of Truth on it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the point is they drew too much attention to their efforts. So I think you're making a, re- a brilliant point is that this isn't going to go away. It's just going to happen under a different name or a lack thereof. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think what we've seen um, across the board here are institutions that refuse to uh, sort of look in their own Look in the mirror a little bit, yeah. look in their own soul and say, uh, why are why is our power so brittle? Why are people looking for alternative explanations? You know, um, why are our uh, alternative media sources becoming really, really popular? Mm-hmm. You know, why is it that some of these tweets go viral? Mm-hmm. Um, it's because they're describing reality um, and that people are actually observing. It's coming bottom up, right? Yep. Um, not top down. But the institutions are not willing to accept that. And so they're making up. The story is right that it's top down that that Tucker Carlson is spinning the watch in front of yeah, the yeah. eyes of America, right? Um, when in reality, people are watching Tucker Carlson because he's saying the things they're already observing, um, and they refuse to look at why people don't trust media or why people don't trust, uh, you know, our, our bureaucracies, our agencies, our unelected bureaucrats. Why that mistrust has proliferated? Instead, they're going to call it disinformation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though. 
the formal organs of the state have been wrong uh, time and time and time again, and especially in the last two years. We've seen that be true so many times. I want to add to that. If you're just joining us, Inez Stepman is here. She's a senior policy analyst at the Independent Women's Forum. Uh, and we go back like a, a legitimate five minutes. We've known each other. There's a lot of history here. There's a lot of <laughs> – we're really digging in the crates. We go back a long way. But, yes, to the point you made about the fact that they have been behind so many of the disinformation efforts. Um, when I was in D.C. I, – I told you this when I met you. I've never been to the correspondence dinner, and I, I got in – partly because I was dressed like a waiter and they just assumed I had a shift to cover. Um, but it was so self-congratulatory after what I consider to be. I think if you're an objective observer, I don't think there's been a more humiliating period in American journalism than like the last four years. But they really did parade on as if they were – they had won the Super Bowl and they were going to Disney World, as the Super Bowl winner might say. Um, is it really – you know, is the bubble that we talk about – as omnipotent in the media circle as we say it is, meaning they really have no depth, they have no self-awareness to what the outside world thinks of them? No. Look, I mean, there was this brief moment in 2016 after Donald Trump won the election that um, you know, even the New York Times, NPR, they were like, well, we better get out to Ohio and talk to some people who voted for, for <laughs> Donald Trump because we totally missed this, right? Yeah. It was the 99% chance Hillary is going to win. So there was this really brief inflection point where they thought, huh, Maybe we missed something. And then they immediately rushed to the two explanations that were most self-flattering. One is that uh, Russia interfered in the election, and we know how that went for the next four years. Mm -hmm. and, and the other one is that, like, you know, millions and millions and millions of people, perhaps the majority of Americans, are just irredeemably racist, <laughs> right? And, and those were the two explanations that conveniently left out – what they might have missed, you yeah. know, issues, for example, that Donald Trump did bring to the fore, like immigration, mm -hmm. like the fact that both parties had positions on immigration that were both substantially to the left of even where Democrats were yeah. polling on mm -hmm. the issue. Same thing with trade, same thing with a number of issues that have sort of built up since the end of the Cold War and mm -hmm. American politics had not really taken account of yet. And instead of actually doing a deep dive into that and why people might consider voting for, uh, you know, a, a reality TV star, yeah. they just doubled down on their their sort of self-flattering image. And you're right. I don't think they're abashed at all. At this point, I don't think anything is going to abash them. But that's why they need things like the Ministry of Truth is what I'm calling it. But um, <laughs> but but also, you know, why, why um, there's continual pressure on tech companies that are already happy to censor conservative views, yeah. why they're yanking um, shows like like Hill TV's Rising off of YouTube for mm -hmm. putting a clip of Donald Trump talking, right? Yeah. Um, they have to control the information because when the information gets out there, it turns out they still are missing a lot. Um, and they're making their power more and more brittle, and that's a problem for them. That's what it is. We're talking to Inez Stepman. She's a senior policy analyst at the Independent Women's Forum. Uh, I want to bring up women's issues for a second. Uh, the abortion thing to me – we have abortion laws in this country that are on a level with China and North Korea right now, which aren't exactly the bastions of human decency, you know, when it comes to their human rights records. Um, what we're seeing play out, I think, in real time is, you know, not a debate, not an engagement, of course, on issue or science or what we know about the viability of a baby outside of a woman. Um, where, as a woman, do you see this going if they if this does return to the states? Because right now, you know, we saw protests at justices' homes and stuff like that. They're telling us it's the end of democracy, but technically speaking, it would be the beginning of democracy if each state was going to get their way. But they've kind of shown us in four years that nothing's beneath them. So, what do you what do you where do you see this headed? 
Yeah, well, first of all, it is a small de-democratic decision if, if indeed this um, leaked opinion becomes the opinion of the court. Um, it is a small de-democratic uh, decision. Roe v. Wade removed this issue essentially illegitimately from the public debate. The great thing about our constitution is that it's very powerful, but it's very limited, mm -hmm. right? It's supposed to be the set of issues that we set aside from politics with this enormous threshold to amend, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and those are those are for issues that um, you know, like like the First Amendment of religious liberty and, and free speech under the First Amendment, mm -hmm. you know, like um, some, you know, look, mm -hmm. all all of these these issues are incredibly important and fundamental. But they're they're actually the Constitution doesn't tell us as a democracy how to like arrange our policy of the day, mm -hmm. right? That is why it's been um, able to. It's very it's very rare for a, an institution like the U.S. Constitution um, for for a country to be governed mm -hmm. uh, for so many for now more than two centuries under the same governing charter, mm -hmm. right? Like France has had five republics, right? Like whatever, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, it's a lot of reboots. Yeah, France and, and, is like a Spider Man. They yeah. just yeah they get a new one every three years. <laughs> um, but we. We have the same constitution now. We've amended it a number of times, mm -hmm. um, but that bar is very high for a reason. I, I make all of these like sort of background points to say that actually it incredibly weakens the legitimacy of the courts and the constitution when we stretch it to cover through emanations and penumbra every cultural sort of battle of the day. Yeah. Um, there is no argument, and there are plenty of um, professors and law professors and um, legal scholars on the left who agree with this. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, in fact, expressed when she was an academic, not a judge, but um, when she was an academic, she expressed doubt about the underlying basis of Roe. She wanted to ground um, the right to abortion in something called um, a, a, an equality principle. Mm -hmm. um, but but uh, Akhil Amar, who's a great 14th Amendment scholar, he, he also um, you know opposes Roe on, on the legal merits. Mm -hmm. This is not a decision um, that almost anyone wants to defend on the legal merits. They only yeah. want to defend it because they like the outcome or they want to, to criticize it because they dislike the outcome. Uh -huh. That's not what the Alito opinion does. It goes yeah. through and it explains why this is a bad decision, why it was wrong to take this issue out of the hands of the American people. Judges are rightfully unelected, right? Mm -hmm. we, we don't want judges to be under the sway of what's popular or unpopular at any given moment. Uh, but that means that they should stick to their limits. They should yeah. be sticking to interpreting the Constitution and federal law, not pulling at random, you know, contentious cultural mm -hmm. issues out of the body politic, because that's mm -hmm. that's not a republic, right? Yeah. We as a republic should be able to decide about an issue like this. That that freedom was and, and that power was unrightfully taken from the American people in 1973. So I think it would be a very positive thing if the court restores that power to the people. Now, I'm with you all the way. So but long story short, then, because now we're on an episode of Shark Tank. Should <laughs> I invest in handmaid's costumes? Am I going to get rich selling handmaid's costumes to female protesters in the next nine months? That's the question. I mean, you won't go broke betting on uh, the rage of, of the pussy hat crowd. Um, that pays well. But, but what I would say is I, I, I kind of initially – I've changed my mind on this. Initially, I thought this might be you know bad for Republicans, for example, in the midterms. Now we're going to be talking about abortion. Uh, they're, they're, the culture wars of today kind of mm -hmm. cross the lines yeah. of the culture wars of the 90s and 2000s. Thousands, right, so you have a lot of uh, moderate moms, for example, mm. in the suburbs who are really horrified about what is being taught in their uh, in their classrooms, their kids' classrooms. But they're very firmly pro row, right? Mm. But 
I actually think Democrats are going to, you know, they're going to squander that advantage. Yes. Uh, I think that they're just going to behave like insane banshees and batter <laughs> down the doors and protest do you the, remember the, court, when, the justices' houses and everything. Yeah. That, do you remember when it was like a popular thing for us to say when like Trump was in the process of getting elected and we would say you had one job, don't go crazy? Like they really have – to the opposition anyway. Yeah, they, they can't ever manage that. Have they ever though? I mean it's an incredible – how they've blown the crazy assignment, the don't go crazy assignment. I mean, we're living in this wild death of shame. Um, but it's incredible. This was a very enlightening conversation. And the fact that you stuck around for that, it means the world to me. Most people walk into this studio and leave instantly. Uh, they I, just I, bang on the door for the guard. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you to come back on the air because I you know, I don't want to subject myself to the shame, but we'll talk off the air. But thank you for this, Inez. We'll always Thanks have for having this. Me. The great Inez Stepman, a senior policy analyst at the Independent Women's Forum. Just killing it. We're back after this. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. With a bit of a programming alert for all of you listeners uh, who tune into the show every day. As you know, I will be on with the great Tucker Carlson tonight. Uh, I will also be on uh, Gutfeld. Last night's Gutfeld episode got bumped to tonight, so you'll see my stand-up set tonight. Uh, But as is the case in Major League Baseball, from time to time, they do bring in a relief pitcher out of the bullpen. They queue up like Enter Sandman, and Mariano Rivera comes charging out of the bullpen. The crowd goes wild. We're actually doing this on this show because I am not going to be on the air for the next two hours of the show because I am leaving this studio to tape a really high-level, top-secret, super top-secret Fox News TV project that's going to air in a couple of weeks that you'll hear all about. But it's honestly one of the biggest steps I've taken in my broadcasting career. That's as much information as I can tell you right now. What I can also tell you is that joining us out of the bullpen for the remaining two hours of the show will be a legendary broadcaster. I'm I'm just reading it the way he told me to. Uh, From the great KTBB in Tyler, Texas, Paul Gleiser is here right now coming out of the bullpen to meet me at the pitcher's mound. Hey, man. Hey, listen, you know, I, I have finally arrived for my name spoken in the same paragraph with Mariano Rivera. <laughs> well, I, I went Rivera because it's more topical. But if you want to laugh about this, the Yankees had a reliever in the 80s named Dave Rigetti. And one of the most emblematic things about the Yankees of the 80s is Dave Rigetti used to come out of the bullpen in a Ford Taurus. They had a pinstriped Ford Taurus that would drive him to the pitcher's mound. That was big theater back then. Yeah. And I was at a Yankee game one night where the Taurus broke down. He had to get out and just jog the rest of the way. I don't know who was more embarrassing for, the Ford or the ball team, but either way, uh, your Taurus has made it all the way to the mound. Listen, my wife used to run the show for the Dallas Stars NHL Hockey Club here Mm. in Dallas, and I was uh, dragooned as the guy who drove the contestants for the on-ice intermission out onto the ice in a Dodge truck. And I came within one night, I just let it get away from me just a little bit. I almost slammed the Dodge truck into the boards <laughs> i was gonna say which would which would have ended the game i mean you, it would have there would have the game would have been over after the first intermission and and so i can i can sympathize with the guy in the ford taurus uh, absolutely well we'll hope we're, we're hoping we're hoping you don't run the show into the boards but the bar is low on this show uh, well, i'm gonna say i'm not up against you know it shouldn't shouldn't be that difficult <laughs> <laughs> And listen, I'm glad you're going to go go do a TV thing because, you know, being on TV all the time absolutely worked for uh, Tony Fauci. 
Hey, hey, if it does let me throw out a first pitch at a Nationals game, though, I'll take it. If that's there a, it is. If I, there it is. If I get a Vogue magazine cover or whatever the heck else he was on. But, yes, if you're just joining us, the great Paul Gleiser is going to be taking over the show for the remaining two hours of today's broadcast. We're doing this bullpen style where they meet at the pitcher's mound. Like, remember in Major League when Ricky Vaughn comes in? Uh, they didn't queue up Wild Thing for you the way you had demanded it, unfortunately, but maybe in the next hour. Uh, but, yes, Paul's taking over the show for two hours. I am taping a super top secret, so top secret, just to be clear, that I didn't know this was a thing an hour ago. That's how bang, bang this is. But you've always been the guy. Like, remember this. The last assignment you stepped in on, and you are quietly the MVP of the show, was we were in Texas taping Gutfeld. There was an ice storm. I needed to get to Orlando. I got trapped. And on the actual hour that Putin rolled into Ukraine, uh, we flashed the bat signal, and uh, you stepped in to host the show with World War Three breaking out. So I, I'd like to think you can handle a debate about baby food, no? Yeah, listen, what, what about baby food? You know, you and I have kids. Our kids are grown. Your, 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 mm-hmm. your son, what's Link, 13? Yes, he was 13. And, and Jenny, he was bottle-fed, though. She fed him Jack. Yes, yeah, so, so were both of my daughters. Jack my, Daniels or Johnny Walker? Well, yeah, uh, uh, Glenn Livett. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You're classy. I would yeah, forget. Yeah, I mean, that's a high-class thing. But, you know, I can remember both of my both of my daughters were bottle-fed. You know, I'm leaving tomorrow for my daughter's graduation in, in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But... We had, I cannot imagine being unable to get formula. It's not like you can say, well, here, sweetie, have a bite of my ham sandwich. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's bananas. And, and How is this happening in the United States? I, it, it's astonishing. Well, it's only possible if you've got a government that doesn't prioritize its own people. And I think that's, you know. I don't think anyone can argue to the contrary there, whether we're talking about baby food, whether we're talking about the border, whether we're talking about the economy. You know, we're sending $40 billion to Ukraine at a time when no one can afford anything. It makes a lot of people feel like secondhand citizens, I guess is what I would say. And uh, listen, it's like we all stand with Ukraine, but this is getting pricey, Zelensky. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Listen, you know, and you can say whatever you want to about all of the things that Donald Trump did to sabotage himself. Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of his troubles, we have to admit, are are self-inflicted. Yep. Well, you know what? By the way, but but, but you know what? He would have he would have. Yeah, no, he would have fed our babies. Importing baby formula. We know he feeds the babies. Baron's six foot ten. Paul Gleiser, take it away. It's your game from here. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, it was uh, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon last hour. These next two hours, it's Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy's off to go do a big-time top-secret TV project for Fox News. And so it's me talking to you here on Fox Across America, taking your calls at 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. When I fill in, you get to help fill in as well. Want to hear your thoughts. Let's let's lead off this second hour of the show with something that kind of got teed up in the first hour, and that is the idea that the uh, Buffalo shooter uh, was radicalized by the idea of replacement theory that... Uh, that somehow the Democrats have, have tried to tie that horrific act to the subject of millions and millions of people pouring into the country um, and replacing uh, white people as voters. And the entire subject of immigration, the, the immigration problem, the, 
the the fact that we have effectively no control of our southern border is is a massive self-inflicted wound. A uh, secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, he's the um, the secretary of uh, uh, Homeland Security. Uh, he says that everything's okay. Cut twenty four. It's very important to note that while, of course, we are preparing for the end of Title 42 based on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's decision that it will end on May 23rd, that does not mean that the border is open beginning on May 23rd. We continue to enforce the laws of this country. Well, he's right in this respect. The border's not open on May 23rd. It's open today. We have thousands and thousands of people coming into the country every day and it need not be so i want to i want to i want to tell a personal story to set up this hour i'm i'm a radio broadcaster have been all my life i got my first job as a general manager at the age of 27 and i i look i look back on that day and i realize just how much i didn't know what i was doing but on day one i did manage to get one thing right the station had a lot of potential, had a lot of problems, some of them urgent. From the moment I arrived, everybody was telling me what, often vehemently, what needed to be done and in what order of priority. And I decided to wait and allow myself time to reach my own conclusions based on my own observation. And that plan worked well. And it's a plan that would have well served President Biden. In, in almost a matter of days after taking office, Biden created chaos on the on the southern border where the order that was established by his predecessor had once prevailed. Illegal border crossings in Donald Trump's last year in office were at the lowest level in 45 years. And in literally in a matter of days, Joe Biden undid that success. The border is now a huge political liability, and the resulting pain that Biden is suffering is 100% self-inflicted, a big part of his dismal poll numbers driven by the chaos on our southern border the border is is well it's it, if it's not the biggest story it is a big story of his uh, first year and a half in office democrats are taking a hit but it wasn't always so at one time democrats weren't entirely wrong about everything and they certainly weren't insane as many of them are now if you find that hard to believe, I can prove it. I can prove it. In June 2009, not that long ago, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was speaking at an immigration policy conference at Georgetown Law School. And here is a portion of what he said. We must create a system that converts the current flow of primarily low-skilled illegal immigrants into the United States. In okay. I don't know what happened. Let's try again. Lost the cut. Well, I'll tell you what he said. I have the transcript. We must create a system that converts the current flow of primarily low-skilled illegal immigrants into the United States into a more manageable and controlled flow of legal immigrants who can be absorbed by our economy. Let me elaborate. The first of those seven principles is that illegal immigration is wrong, plain, and simple. I'm going to read that again. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple, out of the mouth of Chuck Schumer. Until the American people are convinced that we will stop future flows of illegal immigration, we will make no progress on dealing with the millions of illegal immigrants who are here now 
and on and, and on rationalizing our system of legal immigration. That's plain and simple and unavoidable. Chuck Schumer said that in 2009. Talk about bipartisan. There's not a word of that that a Republican like me couldn't support. So, Chuck, with all hell breaking out on the southern border and with a surge of illegal immigrants like we've never seen before and now projected to be coming at us, if you believed what you said in 2009, in huge numbers when Title 42, which we've the, we've been using to to as to keep we title 42 was put in place because we were worried about importing covid that's set to expire next week and we and the projections are there will be as many as 18,000 a day showing up chuck if you believed it then why don't you believe it now which is it is illegal immigration wrong plain and simple or is it no longer wrong because it's actually you guys who subscribe to replacement theory. And it's you guys that are hoping that by letting in millions of poor immigrants into the country, the Democratic Party will enjoy a permanent, unbeatable majority at the polls. Here's the real demagoguery of Democrats on the subject of immigration. Democrats say all the time, and they get away with it, that Republicans are anti-immigrant. And that just isn't true. America was built on immigration. We would not be the strongest, most successful nation on earth were it not for immigration. Immigrants built our cities. Immigrants created generations of successful, happy, prosperous Americans. Uh, immigrants built the interstate highway system. It was immigrants who put us on the moon. This country was built by immigrants. I am all in favor of immigration. We cannot continue to grow the economy if we don't have a steady flow of people who want to come into this country and embrace its values and go to work and work hard. I am all for immigration. So are so are all mainstream Republican conservatives. Immigration is an economic necessity in a vibrant country like the United States. I am not anti-immigrant. I am anti-illegal immigrant. I am anti-chaos. I am anti-being unable to know who's coming into the country, where they came from, why they're here, what they did before they got here. I, I am anti not being able to control and say and get to say, who am I going to let into my house and who am I going to say, no, you can't come in. Any sane country does that. The, there's no way in the world that Great Britain is letting millions of people just flood into their country. And if you want to talk talk about a tough place to to, to be an immigrant, try to immigrate to Mexico. It's really, really hard to get, to immigrate into Mexico. But you can just walk into the United States. I want immigrants like my wife's grandfather. He came here unable to speak English from Poland or Russia or whatever it was that day with nothing in his pockets. But he came out, came to America, and he sat about becoming an American. He washed windows in New York. He worked hard. And his children and grandchildren are American through and through. And his granddaughter is an American. She's about to graduate from college. His, I'm sorry, his great-granddaughter is about to graduate from college. They, he, he is the, the sire of 
committed Americans. That's the kind of immigration we want. I want immigrants who are just looking for a chance. I want immigrants who just want the chance to work hard. I want immigrants who can't wait to become Americans and express their freedom via their own personal responsibility. The demagoguery that we put up with from the Democrats with respect to immigration is wrong, and we need to throw the penalty flag and call it out. What do you think? 888-788-9910. we got a big show coming up today. Um, we have um, at uh, we'll see in, in, uh, 1250 my time, uh, an hour from now, a little over an hour from now, Arizona Attorney General Mark Dernovich. We have Kat Kamek coming up uh, at the bottom of the next hour. We have a lot going on on the show today, and we also have you going on the show, 888-788-9910. This whole thing about immigration, this whole, this whole idea that we, we can control the climate, but we can't control our southern border, it's crazy. And we don't have competent leadership, and we as Americans deserve competent leadership. We deserve, we deserve to have leaders who have our interest at heart, and they've quit looking out for us. And as a consequence, we are paying the price. And we, are, we have chaos every place we look. We, we, can't get, we can't feed our babies. We can't buy gasoline at a price we can afford. We can't, we can't get the things we need to lead our daily lives. We, th- there's very little that is going well in America today. And you say, well, it's because of COVID. Well, look, COVID's over. You know, the the walk around. People are living their lives. This this economy is ready to rebound, but we instead are we have policy that makes it impossible for to get the primary input for uh, all economic activity at a reasonable price. That is that is fossil fuel. We we're paying too much for gasoline. People can't afford to fill up their cars. People are going to get in a half a tank of gas where they used to fill up because they need the rest of the money to buy food. Food prices are exploding. People's incomes are not keeping up with the with the uh, the level at which prices are increasing. We are we're spending money we don't have. We're going to send $40 billion off to Ukraine when we are already $30 trillion in debt. We have no plan for what happens to that money in Ukraine. There are all these things going on. There is chaos. There is a vacuum in leadership at the top of the country. And, and as a consequence of that, things just aren't going well. And we deserve better than that. So we're going to talk about all those things today here on Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser's in again for Jimmy Fallon. Listen, I hope you will um, follow me. I write a weekly column at youtellmetexas.com. Youtellmetexas.com. I own and run a proud Fox Across America affiliate, KTBB, 97.5 and 600 AM in Tyler, Texas. We were an early adopter of Fox Across America. You, you, you have the pleasure of every day from uh, in the middle of the day listening to one of the best talk shows one of the most innovative shows to come along in a long long time jimmy fela is just a treasure and i'm sorry he's not here and you're stuck with me but i'm real proud to be sitting in the chair so we want to take your calls we want you to be a part of the program today 888-788-9910 888-788-9910 more of fox across america after the break hope you'll stay with us you're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like, it's a, it's a game changer. It is Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser from KTBB Radio. Tyler Longview, Texas, filling in for Jimmy Fallon today. The next two hours or the next hour and a half, the rest of the show, 
taking your calls at 888-788-9910. And on the subject of calls, let's take the first one, David Poughkeepsie, New York. You're first here on Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Welcome. How you doing? I'm just wondering if you uh, just sleep on the white sheets or if you wear them while you do the radio podcast. Oh, please. Give me a break. Why would you say that? Because it's been, what, a couple of days and you're out here trying to push the replacement theory under the cloak of immigration reform. Get out of here with that. Stop being so intellectually dishonest with your audience. It is first of all it was Democrats who floated the idea. They're the one they're the ones who said that if you if we bring in enough people who are not white, we will eventually be able to make sure that we have a permanent majority. It That's was the Democrats who floated that, not guys like me. Your coworker Tucker Carlson has over 400 times pushed replacement theory nonsense on your Platforms. What? 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 But for what other reason would Democrats want completely open borders and unfettered, unlimited immigration? Who's saying that? The only person saying that are you all. And no, I mean, what do you mean? Only one said, "Go look." And it's what's happening. We have thousands of people pouring across the border every day, and very little attempt to actually stop them. And where we had operational control of the border on January the 20th of 2021, we no longer do because we changed administrations from Republican to Democrat. The one one accomplishment you cannot take away from Donald Trump is he had good control of the southern border that we don't have now. We lose you, David? Did the facts run you off? Okay, yeah, okay. Don't want to actually debate, just want to lob grenades and then run away. Because the fact is, the Democrats seem to, I can't come up for any other reason why they want the chaos on the border that they themselves have created with this Democratic president. I, what other motivation is there? The assumption is that people who are not white are going to vote for Democrats. When, in fact, here in Texas, we are beginning to prove that wrong. Here in Texas, the, the once assumed to be solidly, ir, irredeemably, forever blue counties along our southern border are in the process of turning red. The big story in Texas is the number of Hispanic voters who are moving toward the Republican Party. And why are they doing that? Because they cannot stand any more the chaos that is happening in their own communities. It is their schools that are being filled up with students for which there is no room and no financial resources to educate. It is their cities and their towns being filled up with people who are consuming social services and overwhelming the uh, the hospitals and the, and the social welfare agencies and the police departments. It is their communities that are being ruined, and that's why they are saying the Democrats have failed us because we happen to have Hispanic surnames, but we are Americans. And we are being overrun by people who also might also have Hispanic surnames, but they're not Americans. They don't have the right to be here. They are walking in without any right to live here. And there's no attempt to stop them. That's what's going on. The whole thing about me sleeping on a white sheet or wearing one. Come on. That's ridiculous. And Tucker Carlson's not saying that either. 
What we are saying is, what is the motivation for allowing so many people to come in the country and with no attempt to stop them and no attempt to know who they are or why, why they're coming or where they came from or how they are going to assimilate into American society? What other motivation could you possibly have other than you want to import a voting block? And that is what the idea of, repl- of replacement theory is. And irrespective of how they vote, we shouldn't let people in illegally, even if they're going to vote for the guy I like. We should control who comes into the country. We should let into the country the people that we want to come in who are going to add to the, to the, to the wealth and prosperity of the nation, who are going to be good citizens, who are going to want to embrace the American ideals. We need those people to come into the country. But just letting anybody in, that's complete societal suicide. And no other country on the planet does it. And why should we? That's... That's immigration policy. We don't have it now. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. More of the show coming up, including Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma. After the bottom of the hour, I hope you'll stick around. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, taking your calls today at 888-788-9910. On the line, we have Kevin Hearn, representative from Oklahoma's 1st Congressional District, which includes the great city of Tulsa, which includes great Fox Across America affiliate KRMG 102.3. Congressman, welcome to Fox Across America. Paul, it's great to be with you this afternoon. Listen, we're, we've, we're setting up this call. We're talking about the chaos on the southern border and the fact that you know, the, the, the Title 42 is about to end. We're expecting just an, a, a complete invasion is one word that one caller is, uh, is wanting to use. What, sa- what says the Republican Congress and what say you with respect to the, the, the end of Title 42 and what's about to happen? Well, I think I sum up in one word, and that's the incompetence of this entire leadership team, uh, if you want to call it that, in the White House, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, what, what's happening at the southern border is now gone beyond uh, just an invasion, as the caller said, but uh, it, it's about killing Americans. Uh, when you're seeing what's happening with fentanyl, it's now the number one killer of, of our American people of our citizens, our great citizens from 18 to 45, the number one killer of our American citizens. And this president refuses to do anyone. So he is, he is, uh, it's pathetic what's going on, total incompetence. Uh, 234,000 people came across last month. You know, when he came into office last year, first thing he did was create an energy crisis by killing the Keystone XL pipeline. Then he started immediately uh, rolling back President Trump's border policies, created a southern border crisis, and I've been to the southern border. In fact, I would venture to say that most Americans have been to the southern border as many times as Joe Biden have, which is zero times. Um, and so the, the problem they have is they've said, if we don't see it, therefore we don't have to fix it. And the American people have had enough. I think one of the one of the most dangerous things you could do today is be try to get inside the head of Joe Biden. Lord knows what you would find there. But There's not much there. But let, let, let's try to do that anyway. The, the whole subject of the border is doing Joe Biden and, by extension, the Democratic Party, an enormous amount of harm in the polls. It is not – their position is not politically popular. It, it looks teed up to be um, 
costing them control of potentially both houses of Congress. Why are they pursuing a policy that's hurting them? Well, somehow they think that if enough people come in this country that they somehow can hold on to control. But when you have the Border Patrol agents that are ongoing and live on multiple networks across the country talking about, uh, you, uh, you mentioned the southern border and you mentioned policies, Title 42, uh, coming off next week, that they fear that they, that they will be completely overran. Uh, it's some seven to 10,000 uh, people being apprehended daily now. They think it would be upwards of 18,000 a day coming across the southern border. Um, when, you, when you look at the pictures, even of our, our friendly conservative TV stations, I think people are just reporting the news across the southern border, you don't see 200, 300,000 or 2 million people sitting at the southern border. That's because they've been dispersed throughout the United States. So every, every state in the country is now a border state, and uh, it, it's a mass overtaking. It's crushing our social safety net system. It's crushing our uh, religious organizations, our philanthropic organizations that are trying to take care of these people uh, that are coming here in mass waves. And this president, who has all the power in the world to fix it, we saw President Trump and the administration fix it. And, you know, and he has a person in Secretary Mayorkas, the Department of Homeland Security, who has been on the southern border now for some 17 years. He was the Deputy Homeland Security uh, Secretary under President Biden, not, excuse me, under President uh, Obama. He's now the DHS Secretary under President Biden. He was over the United States Custom and Immigration Services. So he knows about the budget, or about the southern border, and he knows what President Trump's policies did to curtail and stop illegal Im immigrants from coming across the, uh, the southern border. Well, Congress, okay, you say that. Let me then play you what he recently said. Gentlemen, cut 24. It's very important to note that while, of course, we are preparing for the end of Title 42, based on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's decision, that it will end on May 23rd, that does not mean that the border is open beginning on May 23rd. We continue to enforce the laws of this country. If he knows, is he lying now? What's going on? Oh, he's lying. We actually had him in a border caucus meeting, and the worst kind of liar is one that will come and lie to your face. Uh, he showed up on time and stayed the entire time uh, with all of us asking questions, some 40 members of the caucus. Uh, I asked him the first question, and, uh, you know, as I said to him, this was nothing personal uh, because I don't know him. It's about your performance. You, this is not something you don't know how to do. It's something you're choosing not to do, and you're lying to the American people. And because of that, I sent a letter to your office, uh, meaning Secretary Marcus, along with 50 other Republicans signing on to it, asking for him to resign. And he refuses to resign because, like he and the rest of the Biden administration, they think they're doing a great job for the American people and everything that they do, whether it's energy policy. And, and now when you look at baby food policies, I mean, this, this president and his administration is creating a crisis a week and then failing to react before it happens. And the American people are paying for that in higher prices, higher inflation, uh, negative uh, real wages. And that's why you're seeing this president fall very quickly in one year and why the Democrats will lose in mass this fall in the elections. What then, then the, I'm just sitting here listening to everything you say and is true and I agree with it. Then why don't they course correct? Why is there no attempt to say this isn't working? Well, let's, let's move a different direction. 
because they, they are think they, they're, they're, well, they just think they're smarter than the American people. Uh, when you have the Socialist Democrats wanting to take this country rapidly to uh, to socialism, they know they only have the window between now and November to get that done, or certainly between now and December to get that done before they lose control of both ends of the Capitol, the House and the Senate. They know they've got the presidency for two more years. They know uh, the Socialist Democrats know that they can tell Joe Biden what to do and he will do it. Uh, he is not running the White House. It's his staff and other uh, you know, Democrat elites, Socialist Democrats, that want to destroy this country, and it's their opportunity to do it. And they already, it's a foregone conclusion they're going to lose the election. So now they're going to try to see how much they can get crammed down the American people's throats through laws that this president will sign prior to losing this fall. Well, is anything going to get through the House and the Senate and onto his desk between now and November? Well, you have a lot of Democrats who are now it's in survival mode, uh, moderate Democrats who are concerned now that they're actually going to lose their seats, and you're seeing some of that pushback coming through the House side right now. Certainly we know about Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema on the Senate side pushing back. Um, Quite frankly, uh, if not for their no votes last fall, we would be in a much worse place than we are today with another three and a half to five trillion dollars of spending. So uh, they they know that the time crunch is on, and so they're going to try to uh, get everything done they can in this this matter of uh, just a few months. We've only got you know just two more months of voting uh, before the election, and so this is going to be intense uh, uh, action. You're going to see stuff that uh, Speaker Pelosi is going to try to push against the wall to see what sticks and to get the president to sign it because she will tell him he has to. Kevin Hearn, representative from Oklahoma's 1st Congressional District, on, on with us here. So, Congressman, you see your, your Democratic colleagues in the halls. You're, you're through, the, through the House office building. You see them in the Capitol. Is there any self-awareness about any of this? Certainly for the moderate Democrats, uh, those are the ones that are most vulnerable. I would say all the way up to, you know, seats that Biden won by 10 or 12 points are certainly going to be vulnerable uh, this fall. The ones that are the far, far left, the uh, the so-called so uh, squad and others like those, they're only going to get harder left. There'll be more people in some of those districts that will be there. This will be probably as a big a divide uh, in ideology in the House uh, and the Senate that probably certainly the House because it turns over so much qu more quickly. Uh, biggest divide in ideology that we've seen in probably decades uh, with hard, hard uh, left socialist democratic ideas and Republicans trying to uh, create a limited government, cut uh, this idea of crazy spending because when the government spends more, American people have less and, and return. I think it's going to be such a whiplash to the good for the American people that the, the Republican Party has the ability to stay in power for many years uh, should we actually take over and lead. Congressman, in the, in the two minutes we have left, this is all part and parcel of the fact that I think a lot of people, a lot of Americans are looking at our institutions and saying they're failing us. You know, used to the Border Patrol's job is to control the border. It's not doing it. The FBI's job is to prosecute, is to find criminals, prosecute crime. Our institutions seem to be falling apart. How do we fix that? Well, better oversight and, and better adherence to the law, the letter of law. You mentioned this, the Border Patrol. Uh, in my conversations, having gone to the border, they recognize, you know, their, their heads of their departments say this to me personally in, in a crowd, in an open group. There is the law, which we fight to uphold every single day, and there are policy changes that changes with every president. It's very difficult to do your job when that's that kind of uh, whiplash going on. The second thing in the, in the House 
we're going to have to have a lot of oversight over the administration and the agencies that are not doing their job. You mentioned the FBI, Department of Justice, and others doing oversight yep. and holding people accountable. And that's what's, what's going to happen um, to a great extent coming in January. Well, let's hope that that is true, and let's hope that it plays out exactly that way because we're certainly going down the wrong path. Representative Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma's 1st District, we appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Thank you. There goes Kevin Hearn. There we go back in, uh, in just a moment here on Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, who's not here. I'm Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy for this rest of this hour and all of the next. Jimmy will be back tomorrow. He's off on a big top-secret project. But meanwhile, we have on the phone Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Attorney General, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Paul, for having me on. Listen, we've been talking this hour uh, about the fact that of, of, of the many self-inflicted wounds currently uh, besetting the Biden administration, we have the subject of reversing Donald Trump's immigration policy and losing control of the southern border and the chaos that has resulted therefrom. In Arizona, where you are, I'm in Texas, a border state, you're a border state, just set the scene. What's going on? Well, Paul, I was just talking to Texas Congressman Arrington about this last week, and we were commiserating with each other about how terrible the situation is in Arizona and Texas and how every state is now a border state because we are we're losing adjectives to describe the chaos. But let's just look at the last month. You had more than 230,000 people illegally enter our country. It was a record amount of people illegally entering our country, uh, and I pointed out that's like the size of rich Richmond, Virginia, in one month coming over. We know that as a result of what the Biden administration has done, they've decriminalized and incentivized people coming here. So people are getting welfare and social benefits. And the cartels have taken advantage of the situation by flooding, flooding, and it's flooding America with record amounts of fentanyl, and we're seeing an increase in methamphetamine coming in, and as a result of that, Americans are dying. So literally, we are paying the cost in lives and in dollars as a result of the Biden administration's failed policies. And shame on Secretary Mayorkas, he finally made it there to Texas, but I think that um, he only went there because um, he wanted all the people that, uh, you know, like a Walmart greeter, you know, he's there like to welcome all the people in that are legally breaking the law. Well, General, you know, one of the things I've heard Democrats say, well, we're apprehending all of these people. These are apprehensions. What's the truth about that? First of all, everyone's entitled to their own facts, but they're not their own opinions. What the Biden administration is doing... So so even if those people are apprehended, remember, they literally, it's catch and release. And so they're releasing them back into our communities. One of the lawsuits I have was over the permanent guidance where the Biden administration refuses to pick up people with deportation orders. So under federal law, it requires someone with a deportation order to be deported within 90 days um, of that deportation order. They're refusing to do it. So you literally have more than a million people in this country with deportation orders. They're refusing 
to deport. And it breaks my heart as a former prosecutor. People ask me, well, what's happening? If someone's being released from jail or prison, what happens to them? And it's like, we can't, Texas can't enforce, Arizona can't enforce immigration laws domestically. The federal government has to, and they won't. And so people are being released into our communities. But the other thing, Paul, all the listeners should recognize is there's a thing called gotaways. And so these are just the people we know about that, that literally come in and they surrender to Border Patrol and they, they get released. But then there's all these gotaways that are evading capture, that are wearing camouflage or black, primarily 18 to 35-year-old males who are in uh, high-speed car pursuits. There's tens of thousands of those people coming in every month. And so we know the people on the terror watch list have been apprehended. What about these tens of thousands of gotaways? How many people like that that don't want to be apprehended? Um, what is their background and how dangerous are they to us as hardworking American taxpayers? Ter- Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich on with us here at Fox Across America. General, you know, the, the Democrats at one time, I, I played a clip earlier in the show of, uh, of uh, Chuck Schumer Senate uh, Majority Leader, saying that illegal illegal immigration is wrong, plain, and simple. They one time voted for the wall. The, wh- what changed? Um, I don't know. I do know that people like Cartel Kelly here in Arizona votes with Chuck Schumer 98% of the time, and he's empowered the radical left of the party to basically seize control. So I don't know if this is a function of the Democrats' hypocrisy or whether it's a function of they think there's some political advantage or whether the far left is taking control, and, and that's why they're doing it, because it's kind of their neo-Marxist vision to, you know, radically change the country by, you know, um, flooding our social systems and undermining the rule of law. I, I am not sure, but without a doubt, without a doubt, um, border security is national security. And I'll tell you what, I am... You know, my my parents lived through World War II. They lived through communism. So I understand the importance of immigration to this country. But it's got to be – we cannot have chaos. You have to have order. And right now the system is not only being overwhelmed, the social safety net is being strained, but literally the way the Biden administration is doing this and his enablers like Chuck Schumer and Cartel Kelly, they are empowering the cartels, which means more drugs are coming into our country and more people are going to die. The cartels make more profit, which means they're more powerful – and they have the ability to undermine Mexico. So regardless of what they said in the past, right now uh, the, the dam is, is, has holes in it. And so they need to stop trying to dynamite the base and work on plugging the holes in the dam. As uh, Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich, we got about a minute left. And in that minute, here's the question. Let's say that the uh, Republicans take both, both houses in the November election. It's still an executive branch function what changes, or do we just endure three more years, two and a half more years of this? Well, part of it is when I'm in the U.S. Senate, I will stand up every day and not vote for another nominee for the judiciary, for a cabinet position, for an ambassadorship, whatever it is. Instead, I will read the names of every one of the Arizonans that have lost their lives as a result of fentanyl and drug overdoses because of the cartels flooding poison into our communities. And so the Republicans need to stand up and say, stop, let's enforce existing law. And don't forget, the Republic, if the Republicans gain control of Congress, they control the budgets. They control the budgets of, you know, Homeland Security and, you know, DHS and ICE and everything else, and they need to be more engaged in that process instead of going along and getting along and just keep voting for these budget increases, and ultimately, All right. if Mayorkas won't hey, do his listen, job, he'll be impeached. 
don't want. I, I, I agree. Don't want to. Don't want to be rude. Got to go up against a hard break. Attorney General Mark Burnovich from Arizona. Thanks a lot for being here. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. With Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy will be back tomorrow. He's off on a big-time top-secret project with the Fox News Channel, but he will be back on the show tomorrow. Meanwhile, I'm filling in, and I'm taking your calls at 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. In a little bit of self-promotion, I write a weekly column at youtellmetexas.com. Talking about the things we talk about here on this show, I say what I think, you say what you think. That's why we call it You Tell Me. You tell me, Texas.com. Meanwhile, to the phones we go, and we have Joe in New Hartford, New York. Joe, welcome to Fox Across America. Hello, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, first off, I want to say I'm 74 years old. Okay. I listen to a lot of talk radio. I've only called in three times in my life to any talk show. So if I sound a little edgy, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, listen, I think you should take over hosting the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. I think you should just I just I'll just go home and you run the rest of the show. <laughs> sure. You're doing great. So what's on your mind? Well, listen, I've been hearing about this immigration business here and all the nonsense going on and, and people getting all uptight about some regulations and wanting to enter this country legally. And I, I just I thought of something. We have Ellis Island in New York, okay? That's a great, great museum. It's okay. an Amer- Joe. It's an American treasure. Yes. Now, I don't know if you've you've probably been there. I have. Uh, I've been there right after my wife and I funded uh, to get my grandparents' name in that wall of immigrant. That, my uh, my my wife's uh, grandfather is on that very same wall. That's that's great, and I think every person in this country should go through Ellis Island and spend a whole day there, maybe two days, and see what our ancestors went through to become citizens. Both sets of my grandparents come through there in about the 1890s, and uh, you, you, you've been through there, and you see the history there. If, say, a family of four come through and one was sick, they had a choice. That one went back home, or, or, or someone went with him or her, and that sick one didn't even come in until that problem was fixed. And, and, and they did it legally, and they were proud to come in here and do the proper uh, 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 paperwork and, and, and compliances to be a legal citizen. This this crap of just somebody walking through, you can't do that anywhere else in the world. I'll tell you, I went, I went to Thailand here about seven, eight years ago, and, I, yeah, okay, I had permission to be there 30 days. I know from what I saw, if I was there 33 days, they'd come looking for me and kick my butt out of there. I, I, I just don't get how we, the, the greatest nation on the planet, can allow this. And that's all I have to say. You, you get my basic thoughts here. I do get your basic thoughts, Joe. And let me tell you what. Ellis Island, one of the great things that I saw at Ellis Island, there's an exhibit where immigrants who were admitted into the country, they have taken everything they had in the world and put it up and and come to America, cost them all the money they had to, to, for steerage passage 
to the United States. They come into the country, and one of the things that went on, there was a program where immigrants were taught about America. And if, if you want to come to America, you have to embrace America. You can't bring Poland with you and just set up uh, uh, extraterritorial Poland. You've come here to be an American. You have to embrace America. There's a whole exhibit about that. And those people, those people, Joe, they built the country, the biggest success story in all of humankind. Those people built it. And that kind of immigration we should always embrace. What's going on, we should absolutely not embrace. Joe, appreciate your call. We'll go to the call to the phones next. Mark in Tyler, Texas, you're next on Fox Across America. Sorry, Mark is gone. Leonard, Carson City, you're next on Fox Across America. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just, I, I, you guys have put out a lot of what I have to say, but I think it has to be reiterated because it needs to be said. I need to be more so heard. And uh, as far as our immigration goes, well, yeah, statistically, we have short six million places to house the American people. Three million came over the border last year. We're looking at possibly six million this year. That's nine million more dwellings. You know, how does Biden even think this makes sense? I don't know. And the thing that keeps running me up the wall you, is that given the amount of political damage that the Democrats and the Biden administration are suffering, the only thing, the only conclusion that you can come to on why they're permitting this to happen is the most cynical conclusion possible, and that is they want to import future Democratic voters. They're trying to import a permanent, unbeatable Democrat majority. That's the only reason, only way you can explain why they would endure so much political pain, because People are not happy about what's going on. I, I appreciate your call, and i uh, glad to have you be a part of the program. Uh, on to Overton, Texas, not far from where KTBB Radio is. Stan, you're next on Fox Across America. Yes. For me, it's pretty simple. Is you just got to look to who's actually benefiting from the open borders, and that's the drug cartels. I mean, they've turned this thing into a very lucrative, money-making deal in sex trafficking and drug trafficking. They've turned the United States government into the number one child trafficker in the world. And it, I, I hate to say it, but I think that they've permeated our government and and uh, drug cartels well, are the place to look. Well, Stan, I don't know that you can, you're going to have to have some proof to say that the cartels are now running the Biden administration, because I don't know that I've seen anything that says that the cartels have taken over the federal government. So let's be careful about that. But I will, I will grant you that the cartels are getting fabulously rich, making enormous amounts of money trafficking people across our southern border. I will give you that. And I will give you that I will give you that the cartels are are committing human atrocities in the process. And we should be very 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 concerned about cartel activity inside the United States and, and particularly in our state, yours and mine, Stan, 
in Texas. The cartels are a real factor. I talk to law enforcement people all the time. The cartel is in Texas. The cartels, rather, are in Texas. It's a real problem. Appreciate your call. Carter in Ohio, you're next on Fox Across America. Good afternoon. So from what I remember from government when I was in school, which was a little bit ago, you had to be a U.S. citizen to vote. So I'm wondering what the Democrats' plan to open the border is. I think... I think incrementally they will they one of the things that the Democratic Party does they play a long game. How long have they been trying to nationalize health care? I think little by little we will push for we'll push for policy that normalizes the presence of a whole bunch of illegal immigrants and 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 by increments will finally re- arrive at the place where they are allowed to vote. They are allowed to vote in some jurisdictions in the country already California. You can vote in local elections in California, even if you're not a citizen of the United States. I have a problem. Oh, wow. Carter, I think we've lost you there. We had you on all this time. We've lost you. The thing, the, the, again, if you, if you want to explain why are the Democrats, even though they are suffering terribly in the polls, because of the chaos on the southern border, why do they allow it to continue? The only conclusion you can reach is because they think they are importing a permanent Democratic majority, and it's worth whatever it costs. If somebody has some other explanation, Lord knows I can't wait to hear it, because that's the only conclusion I can reach. Appreciate your call. Sorry we lost you. Cody, Bossier City, Louisiana. You're next on Fox Across America. Hey, how y'all doing today? Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, this whole this whole mess, this atrocity is going on going on down at the border. It's it's out of hand. It's been out of hand for a long time. I don't. I agree with what the last person said. I don't understand how anyone, especially Joe Biden and his administration, could look at that and say, oh, this is perfectly fine. It, it's, it's not fine. It's not fine whatsoever. It's, the words don't describe. Word, there's nothing you can say to describe it as, as how terrible it is. Well, then, then and, so do you agree with me? If, if, the Democrats, if the Democratic Party and the Biden administration is taking the hit in the polls that it is taking, that they are taking over one of the big reasons is because of, of this the completely out of control immigration, which not, you can't call it a system, this, this immigration problem. They're taking a massive hit. Biden administration, the Biden presidency, is at, at catastrophically low approval numbers in in big measure because of immigration, also because of the sorry state of the economy and lots of other things. But if they're taking this big hit, you have to ask yourself, why? Why are they willing to suffer this political pain? I agree absolutely with what you said. I think they are they're trying to bring in that, that permanent, unbeatable voter base. You know, they're bringing – but here's the problem. I mean, they want the Latino vote. They want these immigrant votes. But yet you're bringing in all these people illegally over the people who are trying to go through the due process, who are going through the due process. They're trying to become legal U.S. citizens, legal immigrants. And 
you know, they're taking in these immigrants and they're screwing over the people who are trying to be law-abiding citizens who would vote Democrat. But now they see, the well, the Democrats are screwing me over, so you know what? Just get back to them. I'm going to go vote Republican. Well, that's happening here in uh, in Texas where I'm, from where I am coming to you right now. The reliably blue uh, border counties along the southern Texas border, deep, deep south Texas, those Hispanics are moving toward the Republican Party in huge numbers. So the assumption that we know if the, if the last name is Hispanic, they're going to vote Democrat, that's no longer a safe assumption. The assumption has been that as more and more Hispanics illegally in, come into Texas, the Texas would, would uh, begin turning blue. It didn't move an inch toward being blue in 2020. Everybody thought, well, Texas is going to be purple. Didn't happen. People who are here legally, even though they have Hispanic last names, don't like what they're seeing with respect to the the whole subject of how the administration is handling immigration. And the, and the, the thing is, it, 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 it's making legal Hispanic voters' lives in the United States worse because schools are overwhelmed, social services are overwhelmed, police departments are overwhelmed. Communities aren't aren't safe, and the and the problem continues to grow. And the Biden administration is showing that they don't actually care about the people they say they care about, and the 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 chaos reigns. And we'll see what happens in November. Meanwhile, you know what's going to stop it? Because as I said a little while ago, immigration is an executive department function. You can change the House and the Senate. It's still the president that runs immigration. This is go, this going to continue for another two and a half years? How many million people will be admitted, will be flooding into the country during that time? It, it's really very concerning. That's what I think. 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America, and we're going to do more of it after the break. Stay there. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, ordinary people may not be able to explain the energy markets to you and why we're uh, paying more for gasoline. They may not be able to explain to you why inflation has taken off. But here's something that ordinary people understand. Anybody that's ever had a child, every anybody who's ever been a mother or a father, they know that their their babies have to eat. And they know that if they're out of baby formula, sharing a, a cutting off half your steak and saying, here, kid, have a bite of my ribeye, isn't going to work. People... Mothers and fathers who stumble into the bedroom of, a, of, a, of an infant at 2 o'clock in the morning, completely exhausted, know that that child has to have food if it is to survive. And yet we don't have a baby formula in the richest country in the world. Here's Senator John Kennedy talking about the whole subject of the baby formula shortage. Cut 20, go. Here's what the president ought to do. He ought to call in the top 10 people at the FDA, and he ought to say, number one, what happened? And give them about 20 minutes to explain what happened. And then the president ought to turn to the top 10 people at the FDA, and he ought to say, you have 10 days to fix it. 
Now, I can promise you at least one of those top bureaucrats is going to say, oh, Mr. President, you don't understand. It can't be fixed in 10 days. We need a bunch of, of consultants and experts. That's the one you fire. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of them will fall into line. Don't you just love John Kennedy from Louisiana, Republican senator? Don't you just love that guy? Such total clarity on such a, uh, such a simple thing as you have to feed your baby. So coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to have Representative Kat Kamek from the 3rd Congressional District of Florida. We're going to talk about that subject and the other things bedeviling the uh, Biden administration. Can't seem to get anything right. And here's my deal with that. If you want to be a liberal, be a liberal. If you think your policies are the right policies, pursue them. But please do so competently. Be a competent liberal. Be able to actually run the government, to actually make the machinery of government work, to, to do the things so that we can lead our lives. And then we can have a debate about which is the better policy, the, the liberal policy or the conservative policy. But you do have to make sure that people can get to work. You do have to make sure that people have formula to feed their infant babies. You have to make sure that people have the necessities of life. And you have to make sure that people can afford what they have to go to the store every week to buy. You have to be competent, and we don't even have basic competence. And so Kat Kamek will join us after the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about all of that. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. Jimmy's off on a project. Had uh, kind of came up quickly today, so I was proud to be called to come fill in. I hope you will follow me at my weekly column at youtellmetexas.com. I say what I think, you say what you think, and that's why we called it that, You Tell Me Texas. I'm proud to be a Fox Across America early adopter affiliate, KTBB, 97.5 FM and 600 AM in Tyler Longview, Texas, in East Texas, one of the most vibrant parts of the country. And we are really, really proud to be Fox Across America affiliates. Real proud to be filling in today. Real proud to have you being listening you're here listening to the show. Cat Kamek coming up after the uh, after the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about feeding our babies because that seems pretty basic to me. Here on Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, I promise We'll return tomorrow. We'll get basic competency, competency, competency back on this show tomorrow here on Fox Across America. Stay with us. It's America's life coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Paul, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Uh, proud to be here. Jimmy will be back tomorrow. Uh, he had to go out for a special project at the last minute. So I'm filling in. I'm uh, I'm the owner of KTBB Radio, Tyler Longview, Texas. A proud early adopter of Fox Across America and real happy to be asked to fill in. On the line with us, we have Kat Kamek. She is the congressman, the representative from the uh, 3rd District of Florida. A real good friend of this show. Uh, Congresswoman, welcome to Fox Across America. Hey, Paul, good to be with you. We, now we just have to make a tremendous amount of fun of that flacker, Jimmy. Yeah, well, you know, listen, I said when he when he called me up and said uh, he had to run out because he's got a big TV project, I said, well, being on TV all the time worked for uh, Anthony Fauci. 
So why should why should you not go do the same thing? I mean, hasn't anybody told him that he has a face for radio, not for television? <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah. that guy. Yeah, no kidding. Well, listen, you know, we, we, we talk about infantile behavior. Let's talk about, let's segue into infants. We can't feed them in America. We, if, if for whatever reason you don't breastfeed your, your baby and, and you need infant formula, which I did with both of my daughters and millions of, uh, of mothers and fathers do, how is it in America that we can't have infant formula available to feed our babies? It is such an upside-down, topsy-turvy world we are living in. I, I, where to start? I guess we can start with the fact that the Biden FDA shut down the nation's largest manufacturer of baby formula without a plan to backfill and make up that 43% of the market that they produce. And then, of course, they've been stockpiling supplies, including baby formula, diapers, wipes, et cetera, at the border. And every time you turn around, it's just an America last policy coming out of this White House. And it took, quite literally, Border Patrol agents sending us photos of the baby formula at the border, sending me messages saying, I drive five miles down the road to my local Target, and I can't get formula for my own kids or my grandkids, and yet I've got plenty of formula here. And no one's suggesting that you don't take care of the kids at the border. They're here because Biden invited them. But what is absolutely crazy is that you have moms and dads across America who have been sounding the alarm for months, and it took quite literally an act of Congress to get the attention of the FDA to actually do something and let these plants get back up and operational. Well, give me a little education here, because it is my understanding, as I've been trying to dive into this topic, that one of the things that we can do is uh, tap into the fact that there's ample baby formula available in Europe, that they have, they have it to spare, yet for some reason, because of our bureaucracy and our red tape, we can't import it. Can you shed any light on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, So just a little bit of a timeline here and just kind of laying out the, the field. We have about four manufacturers that produce virtually 100% of the nation's baby formula supply, which the the baby formula cartel situation, we that's a another topic for another day. But you see a whistleblower in fall of last year who says, hey, there's some situations at one of these plants that needs to be checked into. So the FDA does an investigation. There was an, a claim made or an accusation made that there was bacteria in this Michigan plant that was responsible for the tragic death of two infants. Well, after the investigation, Biden's FDA and CDC comes back and says, no, there is no scientific evidence connecting the two. And then they went radio silent. So this plant has been waiting to come back up online, and they've had nothing in terms of communication back from the White House or the FDA. So they've been dormant. And everyone has been accusing this plant of responsibility for the tragic death of these infants. Well, that turns out not to be the case. In the meantime, the FDA didn't do anything to ease regulations. They didn't do anything to lift tariffs that would allow us to import baby formula. Uh, some of these manufacturers have plants overseas, like you said, in, in Europe, and they didn't do anything 
to make a plan to backfill when you have that much baby formula being taken off in a voluntary recall out of the market. You have to have a plan in place before you even shut the plant down. You have to say, we are going to make up the difference by importing from uh, the, the EU. We're going to get this here, that there. They didn't do any of that. It took parents getting upset, contacting members of Congress, and it really put it over the edge when we found out about the stockpiling at the border. And I, I just think that is another indication of how broken, disjointed, and, and awful – this administration is. It's a total dumpster fire from start to finish. You can't walk down the sidewalk with tripping over one of Biden's crises of his own creation. And to me, that's unacceptable. The American people, they deserve better. We need to get away from this America last administration. Representative Kat Kamek, the third flood, third district of uh, Florida, joining us here on Fox Across America. So the, as you say correctly, there is one crisis after another, after another, after another with this administration. We are all assuming that there's going to be a change of control of Congress in November. So January 3rd or whatever the first day of, a, of 2023 is, first business day, uh, we'll have a new Congress. But we still have a whole bunch of executive function that is going to be in the hands of Joe Biden. How do you see the next two and a half years playing out? Well, you know, I, I actually was just telling someone about an hour ago that it is amazing to me that the Democrats have the House of Representatives, they have the Senate, they have the White House, and yet they have not been able to execute fully on their dependency and control ultra-progressive agenda. And it's in large part because the minority, we as conservatives, have been screaming at the roof, you know, from the rooftops at the top of our lungs, exposing really what this administration is trying to do, and it's through the public outrage. It really, it really shows just how powerful we, the people, uh, we are when we come together and say, no, absolutely not, hell no, we are not doing this, we're not going to let that happen. It's just like this baby formula issue. It shouldn't have taken act of Congress to get the attention, but once the collective outrage of moms and dads around the country started pouring in, all of a sudden there was action taken. Just a few hours ago, we saw that the Ministry of Truth, this uh, so-called arbiter of truth, this information governance board out of Homeland Security, they have been put on pause, and the Broadway star who was put in charge of it, uh, she has resigned. You know, this is all because we have continually exposed what they're trying to do, and it's all the more reason why Nancy Pelosi wants to pass things in the dark at 2 o'clock in the morning, because if the American people know what's going on, they're going to say no. They're going to reject it. So I think, one, we've done a heck of a job at exposing it, but two, when you look at when we take the House back in this, uh, this coming midterm election, it will restore balance. Because at the end of the day, Republicans, Democrats, no matter what a party you affiliate with, we're all Americans. And this whiplash back and forth, it creates uncertainty in the markets. You see what's happening to the stock market in the last few weeks. You see what's going on in terms of creating a general sense of uncertainty in America, be it education, the economy, uh, you know, security, you name it. People want a nice, easy common sense approach to government. They don't want this one extreme or the other. They just want common sense and America first. That's really what it comes down to. And I think that Republicans in the House and Senate, they will restore that balance that people are looking for.
Kat Kamek, a congresswoman from Florida, a part of Fox Across America. Let me ask you something. Is it your perception, do you agree with this premise, that the number of things that we as Americans generally agreed on, that list is shrinking? Oof. Um, I'm the eternal optimist, so I want to say that it isn't, but the more the more that I travel across the country speaking with folks, I feel I fear that it is. I still at the end of the day think that there is more that we agree on than we disagree on. How we get there is I think where we fundamentally disagree and, and in some of the conversations I've had with my democratic counterparts here in the House of Representatives, I think that's reflected in in a lot of the issues of we all agree we want better education for our kids. Now, my solution is, hey, let's get rid of the Department of Education, return the money to the states, empower our parents, empower, empower our lo- local um, teachers and, and people who are boots on the ground to make those decisions, whereas the Democrats would love to grow the Department of Education and have a bureaucrat somewhere in, ba- somewhere in a basement make those determinations. So we fundamentally disagree on how we're going to get there, but I think ultimately at the end of the day, the majority of Americans agree on the big issues. It's just navigating how we get to that end point. Well, I would like to think that we agree that the, that the United States is an exceptional nation. It's the it's the most successful nation in history in terms of empowering its people and 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 allowing them to make of their lives all that their talents and hard work will allow them to have. I think the United States has freed more people from bondage and lifted more people out of poverty than any other society that has ever come along in history. I think we all used to agree on that, except I I bump into a lot of people now who seem to think that because America did have slaves at the time of its founding, that it is fundamentally flawed, that it is... um, that it is uh, sinful from birth and cannot be redeemed. I I run into that more than I wish I did. You know, and I think that that is, uh, one, a symptom of, you know, this blue ribbon society where people have not had to experience adversity. They don't have um, that scrappiness and grit that's required in life, really, to be successful. And quite frankly, every time you give everyone a participation award, a blue ribbon, and they all grow up thinking that they're the most special person in the world, they have this false sense of entitlement. Um, We have grown up in the most prosperous, incredible nation in the world who is the most compassionate and generous nation on the planet. And people take that for granted. I I was lucky enough to grow up in a blue-collar working-class family with a single mom who taught me what hard work looked like and what it was like to live without a lot of things and a lot of comforts. And I've had to work very hard to strive for that. So I appreciate uh, so much of what I have today because of my upbringing. But I come from a generation and currently represent a generation in Congress that is the most diverse, educated, uh, wealthy generation to date. And that comes with its own unique challenges. And I think there is definitely a sense of entitlement and um, really a sense that is it, it tells people that we're out of touch to the rest of the world. And so we will have to overcome that, and I think there will be some hard times we have to navigate. But on the other side of that, I think there's tremendous prosperity and a renaissance in America that we've never seen before. We just got to get through the dark. 
You know, the aphorism, the old, the old line, I use it all the time, whom the gods would destroy, they make prosperous. We can be victims of our own success. But Lee, in, the, in the time that we have left, Representative Kat Kamek from uh, Florida's 3rd District with us here on Fox Across America, I ask this of every Republican member of Congress that I talk to, and I want to ask it of you. Walking down the halls of the Cannon Building or the Rayburn Building or wherever your office is, or in the halls of the, uh, of the Capitol Building, Walking the halls, and you and you come across your Democratic colleagues. When I first started going to visiting Congress, I would see Republicans and Democrats stand in the hall and have a conversation with one another and truly enjoy one another's company. There was there was some collegiality. To what extent do you get along with your your Democratic counterparts? I get along with pretty much everybody, honestly. Uh, that's I think one of the things that is not being told or being shared, and it's very popular to go home and, and talk about how you basically got in a fistfight on the House floor. That's not really happening. Um, I can speak for myself in saying that I talk with Democrats every day because I see us all as Americans. And my mom, she taught me that we are all in the same boat together and a rising tide lifts all ships. So we could do with a lot more of, of that kind of friendliness in Washington. I think that this uh, hyper-partisanship, hyper-gridlock has done us no, no favors. But I can tell you, even just from this morning, I was doing a, uh, a memorial presentation for women veterans, and there's over 200,000 women in our armed services today. I stood right alongside some of my Democrat colleagues, and we presented uh, women from all across the services and the branches of our military uh, giving, giving, you know, really paying them tribute. And we did that as Americans, not as Republicans versus Democrats. We did that as Americans. And I'd love for us to get back to that. And I hope it doesn't take a national tragedy for us to get back to that place either. We should get there by virtue of saying, you know what, enough is enough. Let's do what's best for the country and put America first. Well, I would like to think that's going to happen because I tell you what, this is no fun. And, uh, you know, I don't I, I don't like how divided we are. And I don't like the fact that we're no longer playing the game between the 40 yard lines. We seem to be on, on either end of the either end of the field, but not in the middle, kind of where that where the debate used to take place. Kat Kamek, does, uh, closing words. What do you what are your thoughts for the uh, for the 20, uh, uh, 22 election? Both houses, Ooh. just the House. What do you think? Got about 30 seconds. Okay. I think the House and the Senate will go big, bright red. I, I just don't see any other way. Americans are looking for balance, and I think a rebalance would be Republicans taking the House and Senate and being a check on this administration and really putting America first in the House and the Senate. And I really do think we will overwhelmingly win. It will be historic. Well, we'll see. Well, we, let's hope that happens. Kat Kamek from, from Florida, congressman from the 3rd District, a real friend of this show. Thanks for taking time today. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of the week. Okay, thanks Thanks a lot. There she goes. More of Fox Across America. Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon coming up after the break. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, the motto of this show, Fox Across America, is be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a jerk. My motto is I don't care who gets the credit so long as we win. You know, for the most part, the back and forth across the aisle served in this country to produce pretty good policy. Ronald Reagan's skirmishes with Tip O'Neill 
the give and take between Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton pumped out some pretty good policy. The tug of war between Republicans and Democrats gave us, let's don't forget, the interstate highway system, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Apollo lunar landings. It is possible for there to be a tug of war between Republicans and Democrats that produces good stuff. That's what we want. We we Republicans, we conservatives, we don't want to crush liberals. We want to crush leftism. Leftism is killing us. Liberalism produces the debate between liberal and conservative, the heat, the crucible that leads us toward good policy and a successful country. That's what I believe, and that's what this show, brilliantly hosted every day except for the past two hours by Jimmy Fallon, is all about. Here, Fox Across America, it's, it, it's, it's a great way to think of the, of the country. You don't care who gets credit as long as we all win. And that's what we're that's what we're here to accomplish. It's been Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I'm at youtellmetexas.com. If you happen to find yourself in East Texas, I own a Fox Across America affiliate, KTBB 97.5 FM and 600 AM. And I just love being a part of this show. Go make it a great day. Jimmy will be back tomorrow from whatever top secret project he's been on. Until then, have a great afternoon, great rest of your day, and he'll be back tomorrow. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.